Thanks for joining me today. I'd like to invite you to visit my website, johnburney.org, where you can join my mailing list, access video, audio, and written teachings, sign up for online satsangs and retreats, as well as find the schedule for my public gatherings. The only thing that you want to be aware of right now, being here, is if anything is interfering with being here. Being here is the point. Everything else is extra. You can't control that. I was thinking that for today I'd like to suggest that a perfect role model for us could be an acorn, an acorn of an oak tree. The question I have about that is, what does the acorn need to know to become an oak tree? <laughs> that might seem like a silly question. I'm kind of silly. <laughs> but I like simple. What does an acorn need to know to become an oak tree? What do you need to know to become enlightened? It's the same answer. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's the problem. You know too much. <laughs> and learning more all the time in the way that is more programming. That kind of learning, I mean, it's more like, that's not, I use learning in a different way. Uh, maybe accumulating more and more knowledge. Somehow we think that's going to help. And, and there's a place and a time in everyone's transformation where that is very important, actually. And there can be even cycles of that being important. But fundamentally, it's the acorn way. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing that you have in common with acorns especially today, was how peaceful you were. Because if you walked on the, in an area where there are acorns underneath an oak tree, they're just sitting there. They don't look irritated to me. 
they don't look like they're worried about becoming an oak tree. They're just there, here. They're just here. I'll bet they don't care if they become an oak tree. Do you think an oak tree says, well, I was a special acorn? I knew how to get into that fertile soil. I knew the way. Ridiculous. There are so many stories in the history of spirituality that bring this point up. It's frustrating. You know, the monk, the Zen monk, is upset with the teacher who says, who tells him that even though you're meditating, sitting there in full lotus, perfectly still, That's not going to do it. And he says, well, what's the point then? Why are we doing this? Why are we sitting here? Because we are all acorns that have somehow found our way into fertile soil. Miraculously, it was just our destiny to all of a sudden feel the sprouting. Ugh. <laughs> the breaking of the shell. Ugh uncomfortable. Is there a choice? No. This is where our projection, our ego, our beliefs are, well, at best, entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> at worst, torturous. <laughs> and very can be very self-limiting, personally, I mean, kind of, we can be so hard on ourselves, judging ourselves, comparing ourselves, like somehow we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not evolved enough, it's the wrong karma, God knows what. <laughs> All untrue. but human nature, certainly, to believe that stuff. Because human nature is nature. Nature is attempting to live, to survive, to be comfortable, you know. So then you have compassion for that 
human movement of mind, of body, of heart, of ego. That's all. The process is no different than gravity. It's a, it's a force of nature that is moving through you and evolving your consciousness. Not because you read The Power of Now or <laughs> heard a good talk or something. You think that's what it did it, but no, no, it was happening. Otherwise, you would have read that and go, oh, whatever. <laughs> it was always amusing for some of us who were close to Jean Klein, who's my first realized teacher that I was close to, that people would come and they'd read his book or something and they just thought he was a nice old philosopher. That's all. And they had philosophical questions, which we were so impatient with having to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and I would drag people there who had been meditators with me on this retreat or that monastery or whatever and hoping, you know, well, and they were like, I don't know, what's, what is this? I don't know. I thought, how come they're not getting it? How come they're not feeling it? How come they're not like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long, slow learning process. I couldn't drag all my friends along. In fact, even, and this is interesting because I s speak to so many people around the world who go through these intense openings and transformations and then somehow try to figure out how to still have their work, their relationships, friendships, everything can be challenging at times. And I remember after probably one of my most significant shifts that was really significant, <coughs> I was sharing with a friend and he thought I was crazy and cut me off and to this day broke my heart. <sighs> But then I realized, of course, eventually that He didn't understand at all, and I wasn't able to communicate. How you can't communicate what someone else doesn't experience. That's why they say for, the, for those that know, no explanation is necessary, and for those that don't know, no explanation is possible. That's what that means. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just the way it is. So whether you think you understand this journey or you think you don't understand it and are confused about it, basically doesn't matter because it's just happening anyway. It does help to have an open mind that's 
willing to question and have a new perspective, a different perspective, that's probably more important than anything on this path. Because it's going to happen whether you like it or not and whether it's easy or not. It's happening. You wouldn't be here otherwise. <coughs> so there's an environment like this and we could just sit here and that's really what we're doing here. Is just gestating, just sprouting, just rooting and branching and <coughs> flowering and fruiting. It is a hundred percent natural, ecological process. It is not humanly created, invented. It does not require human belief at all. Just like all of nature is just what it is. We are that. We are nature. It's amazing how we lose touch with our nature. And that's why sitting, meditating, is such a wonderful, can be a wonderful nurturing gift to yourself to reconnect with your basic being. I remembered when I, um, after I'd been a monk for some years and, and had been meditating for about 10 years, seriously, I was 28 at that time and I, <coughs> I started seriously meditating when I was around 18 and a friend of mine from high school came to visit me in San Francisco and he hadn't seen me in 10 years. We had we had we were pals. Right. And he took one look at me and said, "What happened to you? <laughs> Where do I sign up?" I looked younger at 28 than I did at 18, and he looked completely fried, burnt out already. We don't, and I didn't even know that I had changed. I, didn't, I had no awareness of it. I just knew that I had to stay on that Zathu because I was gonna go crazy otherwise. I needed to have that stillness. I needed to find freedom. Because the alternative just wasn't acceptable. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so it's hard to discover that you're a sprouting, growing oak tree.
And yet this fertile soil, this presence, is nourishment, is food, is support. And that's why we come together, just to be together. That's all. No other reason. They call it transmission of the Dharma, you know, the old way of saying it. I want to make it modern <laughs> so you don't have to know Sanskrit or Hindi or, you know, whatever. I meet so ma I have s so many students I have who are like, you know, 18, 19, who are awake. They don't need teachings. They need to find out how to live this life and get through college and get a job and have a relationship and live in this totally insane world, which is in many ways absolutely void of consciousness, right? It's like the dark side has is dominating. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty horrific. And they're conscious, and they're help. Help how how and that I'm helping them. You should see the letters of gratitude. They make me cry. We need help <coughs> to find out how to awaken, which you all are, and allow it to continue, give it, the f give it the support it needs, and also live your life, however, <coughs> whatever, however that is for you. And for everyone, it's clearly unique. I made a conscious choice a long time ago to not stay in a monastery and not become the abbot to live in the world and just be a regular person like everybody. And they're just regular people, too. They're just wearing drag, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, I used to believe that just because somebody had a shaved head and a robe, they were enlightened. <laughs> that's what I believed at 20. And then I thought, well, how did that Zen priest become the number one heroin dealer in San Francisco? <laughs> Which happened friend of mine became addicted to heroin, was being supplied by him, and uh, he ended up dying of an overdose in Thailand. Not my friend, the other guy. <laughs> my friend made it. <laughs> Boy, that was painful. I thought, how is that possible? I thought, you know, they were a Zen priest and blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Don't let it fool you. <laughs> So another one of my commitments is to facilitate the dissolution of the projection of authority. The trance of authority. Ugh. So disempowering. We're equal. We're all the same. Some of us have gifts that we can share with others. Great. I know that I have some something beneficial and helps people, but I'm learning all the time, just like you. I'm challenged all the time, just like you. I actually have the honesty to share that. 
I learned early on in childhood that honesty was the best way to go after my dad beat the shit out of me for lying. <laughs> he did. He didn't remember it when he was an old man. So don't you remember when you broke that ping pong paddle on my ass? I never did that. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> See? It's okay to access the trauma and have it come out a little. <laughs> just tears. It's just grief. It's all right. We, we ended on a good note. I helped him die just like I helped my mom. And he said, you know, when he was totally disabled and I was taking care of him and managing everything, he said, where would I be without you? I said, you'd be up shit creek without me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a bad father. I said, no, you did the, I had already let go. I was already free of all that. I said, no, you did the best job. You did the best you could. He said, if there's any way to get back, I'm going to find you. And he will, I'm sure. I think it's going to be a few more years. Because <laughs> right now he's about 15, so that is if there's reincarnation. And, you know, there probably is. <laughs> I'm not a believer, but it's, there's plenty of evidence for it. <laughs> I wonder if I'll know. That's what I'm interested in. So just be here. That's all. Just be here. Let being here work. Let it do what it's doing to transform and heal and liberate you. And get out of the way. It knows how to do it. Just like the, the oak tree knows how to become an oak tree. The acorn has nothing to do with it. Well, the acorn is the oak tree, potentially speaking. And you are already enlightened, potentially speaking. So don't worry about it. Or worry about it. <laughs> At least know you're worried about it. And, you know, at least if you're going to complain, complain fully and thoroughly <laughs> with vigor. Don't hold it in. Be pissed off. I remember I had this wonderful moment at a retreat, one of my, one of my memorable moments for sure, where an, an older woman who had been a psychotherapist for decades sat in front of me and yelled at the top of her lungs, fuck you! <laughs> God, I laughed my head off. It was so... And she said it was liberating for her. It's just, it was so great. She just needed to do that. I'm okay with that. Just don't hit me. <laughs> don't throw anything. Don't break anything valuable. 
I don't have martial arts skill where I can defend myself. <laughs> Not in that way, anyway. Not that I know of. Maybe I do. I don't know. If you'd like to come up and you have a question or would like to sit together, just raise your hand. I'll call on you. And Hi. Hi. What's in the way for me is being inside my body. That's hard? Really hard. Why? Uh, I've been extremely ill. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks. That is hard. And this is not my first rodeo. I'm, I have a pretty high tolerance for pain and illness and being in a body I don't want to be in because I've had a lot of practice, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But the past two months has been extraordinarily difficult. And I haven't even practiced because every time I close my eyes and sit, it's like I, ju I just want to get out. You want to get out? I want to get out. Things are moving here today. It's been good. I can feel that. I can feel you opening. But when I first sat down, it, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to stay. I understand. So I guess I just wanted to come up and say that. Well, let's sit together. No, I'm glad you did. It's important to express it. See, this is what <coughs> I mean. This is, it's really important to express the condition, the truth of the condition. Simply as an offering, if nothing, you know, in this space, that's essential. When you're really tuning in, it's essential. It isn't about, it isn't the time to figure it out, fix it, get rid of it, you know, all that. That's relative thinking. That's relative mind. That has a place, for, <coughs> you know. But here it's, it's when you surrender to it, but you also offer it. You tell the truth. Very important. And just the feeling. Otherwise, we stay identified in it, and it right. still is like a container that we're stuck in. Okay? Yes. Yeah. I have felt trapped. Yeah. But yeah. just being here and sitting, and it's like a release, like, oh, it it's, it's still right here. It is, that's right, because there's space. You become, you realize at least temporarily, you become the space rather than the, rather than the container. That's the difference between self and no self. That's all. You still have a self, it's just you are the space, not the container. It's that simple. The container is more or less challenged. Some people are lucky. Some people are very unlucky with their container. And it sucks. Yeah. But I've seen also that when you are, there you are, see now you're tuning more in. When we tune more into this, I think we're on the cutting edge of discovering how to be more effective as healers. That's been the area of my interest a lot of my life, as well as the path of freedom, but also the path of healing. 
and it's a it's a difficult path, and I think we're evolving as a species in that way. So it's probably each person may you know some people have extraordinary ability already in that way, maybe just nat naturally they do, but I do think that it's in the cards for human the human species. So in a way, you're forced to have to find something, discover something, not through will. Right. It's something else. There it is. We're learning, we're discovering new pathways of learning that are not intellectual at all. They're literally evolutionary. That's different. That's what it feels like. And it's painful, it's hard. Evolutionary learning is always hard because you're breaking through a paradigm. You're breaking through an identity, literally. Or you're not breaking through, but it literally is like the bud breaking on a flower. We are forced to awaken. We are. And we go kicking and screaming the whole <laughs> way. I think we do. I like that thing you say about being on your knees. I really yeah. relate to that. I feel like the only time I ever learn anything for real I, is when I'm I on am, my knees. I share on a regular basis that I have had my ass kicked more times yeah. this life. And I continue to. Because there's no end to learning on that level. None. But that goes on forever. Good. It's a good thing. The presence <laughs> and the presence and the space and the connectedness only gets more incredible. That's all. The, the capacity for love, all the unconditional, all that good stuff, all the you know the goodies of spirituality. That just all gets better, along with the crud. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the perspective is different too. There's an acceptance that you can't manufacture psychologically. Not. It's not possible. Because none of that stuff is acceptable. None of it. That's why people don't understand. They go, well, how could all this evil happen if there's a God? See, they don't get it. They don't get it. It's beyond, that's conceptual. See, this is moving into another level here. On a relative level, it's totally not acceptable, see. But from the point of view of what we really are, everything is just allowed. It's very different. It's a completely different perspective. <laughs> it's a perspective that doesn't have survival in it, see? There's no identity mm. in it. It's literally the life force that's everything. That's why I can get on a Skype call with, you know, 75 people around the world and there's a connection, literally. And it's powerful. Who can explain that? No. You, you get me a scientist who can explain that. You're not going to find him. I'm a scientist, but I can't explain no, no, it. No, no, <laughs> no. I've had, I had you know, a major scientist who I had lunch with who was one of the original neuroscientists you know, down at when I had my brain scan down there in San Diego. And you know, we were out to lunch, and he was asking me lots of questions. And I said, you know, you can't measure this. He goes, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's infinite. How could you measure the immeasurable? That's ridiculous. See? But we, but we are it, and so realization is when we fully become it. That's all. It's a totally natural thing for a human being to become realized. That's why there are people who realize you didn't never heard a word about 
religion or spirituality. They're just bright lights in their life, that's all. And people and animals are attracted to them. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you, April. Hi. Hi, Frank. Um, <coughs> first time here. Oh, welcome. Promised myself that I would not be one that would be at the microphone. I guess you failed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't really have a a question, just a short piece of sharing. Sure. That will uh, let you know where I am in this present moment, um, which is a very good place and a scary place. Um, 73, I've had a great life. Um, friends, community. Uh, I'm a social person. I love being around people. I also really love being by myself. And uh, those kicks in the ass that you talked about in your life, um, there have been a few along the way, but in the last year and a half, there were two significant ones. Uh, one where I was let down by people I considered best friends and one where I let myself down. And as a result of both of those, um, I mean, there was a, a month period of depression where I just sat on the couch um, because identities had been taken away. Um, and I'm not a person that sits in depression, never in my life, but uh, it's been that significant. Anyway, the short story is that um, I've emptied my plate. <laughs> um, and it feels like I'm starting my life over again. And I've let go of outside responsibilities and commitments uh, and friendships. Um, not that I don't want those again in my life, but I'll be really careful about what I put back on my plate now that it's empty. Um, So in a sense, I'm kind of where I would have always said I wanted to be, um, free to literally put my life back together again any way I want to put it back together again. There's a lot of emptiness. There's a lot of quite not knowing what to do with myself. Um, I discovered my father's old rocking chair about three days ago, and it's given me something to put my devotion and my love and my craftsmanship into. I'm really having a great deal of fun restoring it. Um, so it's a, at 73, I feel like I'm learning to walk all over again and put my life back together. And, and to find my place with myself in this world outside of the identities that, um, were either taken from me or which I uh, blew up myself. 
So that's, it's just, it's a wonderful place to be. And I find myself, uh, and I know it's okay. And I, I, I love being here. I love your words today. Um, again, it's not a question. It's just acknowledging kind of back to you what I've heard you say to us, um, which is that it's uncomfortable. You may not know where you're going. You may not know exactly who you even are or what identity you have. But that's, that's the sweetest, sweetest place to be. And it's, it's literally changing by the day. A week ago, I wouldn't have been speaking like this. But it's just every day I can feel the, the healing. Beautiful. Um, I just well, thank you. want to thank you for a message that really supports me today. Oh, you're um, welcome. In where I'm where I find myself and where I'm headed. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Take care. Yeah. I um, always feel self-conscious trying to decide if I'm going to come up because there's like a calculating of, you know, there's like a dance of like, am I important enough? Is my opinion... Is my voice gonna take over other people's needs? Like maybe there's somebody in the room that needed this more than me right now. I'm glad you're sharing that. That's that's already good. <laughs> <laughs> that's already helpful to a lot of people. You know? Yeah. Glad you came up. It's uncomfortable initially, then you get over that usually. Well, it's a little bit like maybe I matter too. <laughs> what? Maybe I matter too. Yeah. Maybe I matter. Oh, of course you as do. Well. <laughs> yes. It's funny I couldn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I matter. I matter. <laughs> right on. I think right so. <laughs> it's amazing how we are held back in so many ways. For being from being authentically who we are. Because that's who we—that's who we need to be, as people. I don't mean just as some kind of saints or something. <laughs> I mean authentically who we are. That's really the gift of what we're doing here: is that you get to actually become fully who you are, not externally referenced. Right? That's radical. Very radical. Get that? Yeah, I'm like feeling into it. Good. Be like a naked self in the world <laughs> that's like not puckering itself in some way or mm-hmm. um, yeah. conscious that like certain animals are watching it. <laughs> you don't have to be too close to the mic. I can oh, okay. be able to hear you. <laughs> Just make sure it's pointing towards your mouth, Christy. Okay. I can't tell from can here. Can you actually hear this? I can't hear that now. Does this work? That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a little trouble on this one, but let me see what my sound is. Hold on, I'll check my hold a second. <coughs> okay. I guess I'd like to maybe sit a little bit. Sure. Of course. And see if there's anything we notice together. Of course. Are you comfortable? Just mm. get com- be comfortable. You can sit back and relax. 
Or this is, you, I think this is actually better. Okay, well, as long as you're comfortable, that's what's important. As long as you can be, you know, at ease and not held, you want to find a balanced place where you can sit quietly. Good. You might want to separate your hands. Like, you want to hold that mudra? Mm. You can if you want. I, I actually practice, like, lying down meditation mostly because <laughs> my body is... No, I know. I, just, I used to do that, too, when I first started because um, I couldn't sit. Or just like some body chronic health stuff. Sure. Okay. But for right now, why don't you just put your hands, palms down on your thighs. Okay. That's good. There's a reason for that, but I, I'll just, uh, that's good. Hmm. Just notice, feel your feet on the carpet, hands on your legs. Breath in your belly. Feels like you're pretty present. You can feel that? What are you aware of? I think some like sadness came oh. up. Okay. And I'm. Um, but you're feeling it. Mm -hmm. That yeah. means you're present. Not trying to control it, <laughs> mm -hmm. letting it be like a little egg. <laughs> Like vulnerability, too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, there's other people in the room right now. I couldn't hear that. Couldn't oh, that there's other people right now oh. that are in the room. Okay. So some self-consciousness? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just notice how that feels. But don't think about it. Just be, be aware of the sensing of vulnerability. That's it. What I'm sensing as you're aware of that is that your field, your awareness field is opening. I don't know if you can sense that space. And if, you can't, if you're not able to, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I think there's like a little bit of like inner, like inner safety that's mm -hmm. developing. Oh yeah, be aware of that too. Good. Notice that. Yeah, you're, very, you're very tuned in. That's good. You're aware of a lot of things. That's it. You're becoming more present. However you're paying attention right now and you're tuning in yourself, you're becoming more present. So however you're paying attention now is working in terms of allowing what we're here about to flower, to move forward, as it were. Okay? You're not in the way. Sometimes I'll run up ahead and try to be like, yeah, keep going. Or like, you know, if there's um I can trust it for a certain amount of time. Right. Okay, that's fine. And then if you don't, you notice that. That's fine. You just notice how it goes. Okay. Yeah, because you know at some level we're afraid. There's the vulnerability of letting go, of dissolving, of being unsafe, whatever. That's very natural. Very natural part of this. Is that fear uh, in this environment is usually a sign that opening is happening. <laughs> and you can't push some people, I'm just going to push through that. I'm just going to get to the other side of it. I tried for years and it didn't work. Eventually when that was ready to be done, it was, it did finish. That was mm -hmm. the experience I mentioned earlier that I shared with my friend. 
-hmm. who didn't, he thought I was crazy. He thought I was schizophrenic. Anyway. He didn't understand I was having, well, I was also having pretty extraordinary experience that I thought he could appreciate hearing about, which he clearly freaked him out. So things can happen. You can have altered states. You can have very unusual kinds of disorientation. Various things can happen, right? Sometimes it's hard to know if things are working. That's right. So <laughs> you just yeah, you that's right. But this, but part of what I'm giving you feedback for, and this, and you may not have it yet, but you will, is when you will have that kind of what I call the gold standard of feedback of mm -hmm. knowing it's working. Hmm. That's really that. That's really important here, when somebody's ready to get that and have that feedback. I that's what my job is to give that. Hmm. So that's why I've been interacting with you to see what you're aware of and finally give you feedback. So at some point, there will be awareness of awareness. And when that happens, I'll say, that's it. And you go, oh, and then you follow that. Mm -hmm. That is the path. That is the teaching. That is everything. Yeah. It's the whole nine yards. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's got a lot of words that have been associated with it, but. It really feels like a commitment to oneself like well, yeah. without the like self and no self language yes. but just like really um saying yes to your experience of reality versus like yes to your experience of reality and like living in the world versus um creating like something for capitalism <laughs> creating something for capitalism or oh. like building a structure it, it's like a river or something yeah yeah, it's very natural, totally. It's really getting in harmony with our true nature, mm. literally. I think you're moving along very nicely. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. I appreciate it. Yeah. So awareness of awareness, what I was just talking about is um, initially it's a practice and eventually it's just always what is and that's the end of seeking when that happens until then there's the effort to be present the effort to be aware of awareness and that's you know enlightenment practice in all the ways it's taught and it's important to give that attention to it and at some point it becomes permanent it just does now you can't make that happen once it happens that's let's just say a huge relief Jan come on up there's something about yumminess is here uh, oh I like that yeah like um, I could be experiencing that all the time and so what's in the way, of course? Mm -hmm. um, well, the, it's important to have the desire for yumminess. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you, know, you have a taste yeah. of yumminess. You have, a, you have a glimpse of yumminess. And then eventually, and that's what we're talking about. That's why people go, oh, well, I had it and then it's gone. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I don't know how many, how many more retreats do I have to go on. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And how many more lifetimes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
So, but you're here. You're tuned in. And there is something about um, what am I? Am I really committed to the yumminess? <laughs> in in a way, I, I think this this right the doubt self doubt. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah, that's a that's a very dangerous little uh, avenue to travel on. I don't recommend it. What? I mean, you can <laughs> notice that you're going in that direction. This is what I. This is what my talk was about. Hmm. Like, am I committed enough? Because you hear that from some people. You have to be. You have to want it more than anything. I think when it's really happening for you, you just do want it more than anything. That's all. Or you know that the alternative is unthinkable. It's that simple. But it isn't like if you amp up your commitment, it's somehow going to work. That's not true. No. <laughs> You're forced to be completely committed to it. I remember Adyashanti saying, um, you've got to want it more than you want to survive. Yeah, I know he says it. Um, <laughs> he and I are buds. Uh, you know, <laughs> I get it. You know, I understand what he's saying. I get it, though. And that's, that's true, 100%. Mm -hmm. But that being in that place is something that happens because that's the natural unfoldment for you. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not like, okay, you have sort of a, you know, a mediocre commitment, sort of a half-assed commitment. I don't know how you'd say it. Like you don't think you have enough commitment? Like somehow that's in the way? If you had more of a commitment, it would, you'd be in yumminess all the time? There's something about holding the opposites of the, like, absolute and... You know, like everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with it's all yummy. And then there's that part that gets drawn into um, self consciousness, self protection, survival. And it's like, can I hold both? I guess that's my question. How, or, yeah. Or, and do I? I probably do hold both. But it seems like I gravitate toward wanting to um, make sure that um, everything's okay. You know, back to the relative. We're in separate and in control. There's no separation between them. We only think there is. So right. it's a thinking perspective. It's not reality. Mm -hmm. So, when you're caught in the relative in whatever way you are, you just are, that's all. Even with the beliefs that maybe you don't have enough of a commitment, that's part of the relative mind to have that belief. The, the relative perspective is a limited perspective. Mm -hmm. It's in a perspective of an identity that right. is limited mm -hmm. and conditioned and programmed. Mm -hmm. It learns, it, it can evolve and grow more or less a certain amount. Somebody's standing at the door there. Um, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for the interruption. Um, what is it that you are feeling right now? Or what is it that you need or want 
that you are, are you, you know, this this statement you made, everything is yummy all the time. I mean, is that just a belief or what? It's what happens sometimes. Oh, so sometimes you actually... Sometimes. Oh, I see. And so do you have a problem with the fact that it isn't like that all the time? No. No. Then what's the problem? Is there a problem? There's no problem. There's just probably a practice of um, holding both, holding opposites. I think, yes. I think I would say it differently. If mm-hmm. is what you mean, I would say that when you're living in the relative world with the perspective from awareness, your your mind becomes much more flexible and can have multiple parallel realities all happening simultaneously with no conflict. Yes, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. That's right. Thank you. Okay. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Let's sit, and then we're going to complete for today. You know, I wish I knew how to teach the profound trust that allows this transformation to unfold. But (coughs) I think that profound trust is the awareness itself. And the more you give yourself to that, the more it gives itself to you. And naturally there's a surrendering into the process. So great to be with you. Take wonderful care of yourselves. Uh, Lots of love and happy trails. Thank you.